Hi, and welcome to the I Meet Hotel podcast with industry updates, expert guests, and musings on what the future of travel and hospitality might look like. Every week, we'll bring you a new topic we find interesting through our work in this business with your host, Kristen Lipinski. We also want to hear from you. If there's something you'd like us to talk about on one of our next episodes, email us at info at imeethotel.com or find us on LinkedIn at imeethotel. Welcome to I Meet Hotel, the podcast. I'm your host, Christian Lipinski. Now, today we have a good friend of I Meet Hotel. He's the managing director of Grupo Hotelero, uh, Rocco Bova. Rocco, uh, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. How are you doing, my friend? I'm sorry if I'm laughing on the background, yeah. but it's a, it's a lot of people, they get the Spanish a little yeah. bit uh, difficult, but it is it's, uh, it's Especially... Grupo Hotelero 1800. Uh, there you go that's the right that's the right pronunciation but you know well done by the way you know hey, a lot of hey, people don't even get get to the first word <laughs> well it's great great to have you on and it's a hey it's a good warm-up to start off today's podcast so i uh, appreciate you joining me today so let's uh let's just jump right into it what do you think i think i think uh you know i'm i'm uh you know very grateful also for your uh multiple invitation christian i've been already on your show uh, three or even four times, I think mm-hmm. I lost count. You know, I've been the, yep. I've been one of the first one actually when you when you started. You know, with I meet the webinars, yeah. and um, and uh, just uh, you know a few weeks ago, you know, we were talking again, and uh, this time now, and uh, yep. hopefully more. You know, whatever I can share of my experience, you know, and my knowledge mm-hmm. uh, from this part of the world, at least. I'll be very happy to share with your audience. And this is uh, this is why we always contact you, Rocco, because you always got something really interesting to contribute. Um, so let's just kick it off. So, I mean, there is so much happening in the hospitality industry right now. Uh, you know, it feels like a period of change and innovation. Maybe to start off uh, our, our questions today, maybe you can give me uh, a slight overview of the challenges and opportunities that you're seeing there in Mexico and the surrounding area. You know, for example, which markets are remaining resilient uh, in the current climate? Sure. Well, let me let me give you first another view globally, because, uh, you know, as I have connection all over the world, I talk to people on a weekly basis from uh, from uh, Japan to Mexico or anything in between. So what's happening right now and in most countries started to announce official date of reopening. Mm-hmm. I, I can see I can see a huge issue. Because uh, uh, countries are reopening, hotels are reopening, but I don't see the same speed in terms of recruiting. You know, sure. yes, uh, yes, I can see more and more people announcing new jobs, mm. but not at the same speed as countries are, are announcing. Imagine one country reopening, uh, I don't know, two, three hundred hotels. You mm. you should you should hear like. Hundreds of thousands of people sure. announcing that they get into new job, but I don't see these going at the same speed. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid that what what could happen is that uh, the service uh, will decline, mm-hmm. or the service will be limited of what they can provide. Uh, we know that a lot of people they lost their job over the past couple of years, and a lot of people will not return to hospitality sure. for various reasons: mistrust, um, resentment. And uh, and also because maybe they already find another job, so mm. why going back to an industry that uh, you know they didn't they didn't save me from sure. from this pandemic? You know, not everybody everyone was uh, lucky like me to live in Mexico, where you know things more or less are 
kind of normal. You know, we, mm. we have never closed 100% uh, the borders. Uh, we, uh, uh, the tourism has closed down for about three months and then that was it, you know. Mm. The rest of the two years, you know, we've been open like uh, almost normal, you know. In, and I've been working uh, in, uh, in this place in Cuatro Cienegas in the north of Mexico where the tourism has actually has doubled mm. in numbers. Yeah, no so kidding. we doubled in, uh, in uh, not just in revenue, but also we have increased uh, threefold in terms of number of guests. And, uh, you know, people want to travel and people are traveling. So the good thing is, is in Mexico, we are pretty much okay because, you know, we've been working mm. through the pandemic. And I can see other parts of the world that they're probably going to struggle. And uh, that's, that's one. And the other thing is also that uh, we need to find a way to entice people back to the industry. You know, a mm -hmm. lot of people have left the industry probably for good. Uh, they might get, give a second chance to the industry, but uh, if we let them down the second time, that will be, that will be a huge sure. problem for the future. Mm -hmm. So this is a message to the hospitality operator and tourism operator in general. Please take care of your staff because that's your only resource you cannot automize everything that's that's a fact yeah no um I, so that's 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 my my pledge mm -hmm. and i i totally agree with you we uh, if our listeners caught our recruit and retain uh, summit as you alluded to earlier in our conversation here uh you spoke a lot about the recruitment side of things and the different challenges and that goes into recruiting now you know coming on the tail end of this pandemic. Now, maybe we can start with that a little bit. I mean, identifying really the kind of key issues with recruitment uh, and how, how do we entice people to come back to hospitality, whether it's through professional development and, you know, what other trends do you think that, uh, or you ident identify as a big ones for 2022? Listen, Kristen, I've been working on a, on a personal project called My Humble House over the past couple of years. Actually, Maham Blas was born out of this pandemic and mm -hmm. I'm very grateful because uh, uh, like many, I'm sure, and yourself, uh, I noticed that, um, you know, there was more, there is more than just getting a salary to join a company. There must be more than just getting a salary and few, and few benefits, which people call it benefit, but actually, you know, to, to get a uniform and, and to get vacations and to get time off, uh, and to get maybe some discount in some other companies or shopping malls or whatever, mm -hmm. that's, I don't call that a benefit. That's right. part and parcel of, you know, joining a company. Mm -hmm. When I say benefit, uh, I'm talking about, uh, you know, tangible benefit, a real benefit. People, they will say, wow, am I really getting this? You know, mm -hmm. for example, what could be a benefit? Well, if you work for three years for the same company, maybe you get a return ticket to, to a destination of your life. How about mm -hmm. that as a, as a benefit? Mm -hmm. If you work for five years, you know, you will get not just a ticket, but you also get five nights in a hotel of your choice, you know, within a range of obviously you know, of a certain amount of money. Mm -hmm. But these <laughs> are the kind of benefits. You know, my humble house, for example, would like to provide even a share of the profit to the team members, making them uh, business partners, not, mm -hmm. just, uh, uh, not just employees. Because if you employ some, somebody, you know, you know, they may stay with you and may have this uh, commitment, mm -hmm. you know, to do the job because you are get your pain. But what if you make them part of the business? What if you, they don't need to be financially partners, but they can be um, benefiting from the profit that, that they can also generate. Sure. So imagine, 
you know, uh, opening a restaurant, for example, in uh, when you do your uh, recruitment, mm. uh, uh, you know, you you speak to an audience of people rather than speaking to one to one. You do the first like a an open day. You 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 get to thirty to fifty people, and you say, who's willing to work uh, in an environment where you can make decisions? Where what what if you can be the the, the a business partner without putting a, a, a one dollar mm-hmm. what what if you if you work more efficiently you know you actually can can benefit from the money that is being saved right. by not employing another person you know all these kind of things you know for example we all know in europe uh you know i am from italy but i remember my early days in my career in, in a pizzeria when I was working as a waiter, it was me, mm-hmm. the owner, the, and the pizzaiolo. Mm-hmm. Three people to run a restaurant with 100 seats. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Now, take the same restaurants with 100 seats and doing 100, 150 covers a night in mm-hmm. just one, one evening and uh, translate this into, I don't know, any other country without mm-hmm. mentioning and without, but normally they, impl- they will employ like three, four, maybe even five waiters to do the same job that one waiter could do. Mm-hmm. Now, ask me, did I provide the best service? Nine out of 10, actually I did, mm-hmm. and I received the big tips out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, I, did I sweat a lot? Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, a tiring <laughs> <Pretty> well earned. <laughs> but, yeah. but at the end of the evening, the owner herself, she used to open a couple of beers and say, okay, guys, you know, now we had a great evening. Thank you very much. Let's open a few beers. You know, because she knew that we work, you know, our mm-hmm. our back off, you know, and, um, you know, there was a reward out of it. So mm-hmm. I made a lot of money because I didn't have to share my tips with anybody. Sure. I, at the end of the evening, I also got a beer and a, and a pizza, you know, and a nice pat on the back. And I, w- I felt happy mm-hmm. to have managed these 100 people, 100 plus people on, just on my own. Right. I, was, I was just going to say, uh, you know, uh, it, it's about also work culture. And I think this is something you're pointing out uh, as well as, you know, the opening up a beer and having a, a pizza after work and, you know, feeling kind of rewarded for the work that you've done is also instilled in the company culture as well. Totally. You know, and, and sorry if I maybe I should have finished that. Mm. With that, I'm not saying we should employ less people, mm. you know, because the, the people that you, you, you don't employ, you know, for example, in the case of this pizzeria, you know, I was doing the job on my own. On my own. Mm-hmm. But the, the thing is that you can create additional job in other industry. Mm-hmm. Now, we also have to, you know, speak to schools, you know, schools, they need to prepare young for future opportunity. You know, nowadays we cannot just uh, teach uh, you know, uh, culture and, uh, and literature and uh, philosophy and finance and mathematics and, and science. We also, we also should start to prepare people for what comes next. Mm-hmm. What can they do? Right. You know, part of my humble hours uh, uh, philosophy is also to prepare people to become entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I, I created this company not just to be the best company or the fastest growing company or the biggest company. I just want this company to prepare people for what what comes in their life next. You know, what can they do? They can become an entrepreneur like I did, for Mm -hmm. example, Mm -hmm. or like you did. You know, it's just a matter of uh, choosing the right people to to come on board, you know, people that they're willing to learn and people that they're willing to grow as well. Mm -hmm. 
You know, I, 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 we'll we'll get on to the the professional development, but I had a question for you uh, uh, first here. You know, we uh, you know speaking to the hotel investors that may be listening now, um, what would you say is the new kind of successful business model that they need to be aware of? Which business model is right for the hospitality industry of the future, and and, and why do you think so? Well, I, I may re- repeat myself again. I think we, we, we need to start to believe that employees cannot just be a number, cannot be just a, a, a part of a larger team. They need to become partners. They need to become responsible for the success of the company. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, in the only way to make them responsible is to make them part of the success of the company. So the company is successful uh, then they will win. Mm-hmm. The other trend uh, I, can, I can see is to employ mm-hmm. true leaders, great leaders, you know, because if we don't have uh, great leaders that lead, you know, these teams, mm-hmm. sooner or later, the, the whole business will collapse. Right. No, more, more and more often I can see uh, investors or even companies themselves, hotel companies, you know, sometimes they go for a, a lower a salaried manager because of the budget, this is what the budget uh, dictate. Mm-hmm. But they don't know, or maybe they know, but they choose not to know that a great leader or a great manager with great experience, yes, it will cost you more, but they will make you more money too. <laughs> because, right. you know, this person has more content, mm-hmm. has more connection, can put together a team faster, you know, knows more people in the hospitality and tourism industry. So they, they can bring more business. Right. So, this uh, this uh, short-sightedness, you know, this is what it really is um, is not allowing to fully develop a certain certain mm-hmm. company. Yeah, I guess I guess you uh, you pay f- you 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 pay for what you get, right? Or you get what you pay for <laughs> awesome. is the term there. Uh, so you know, yeah, I think there's a there's a lot of really good pointers in there. Um, you know, from your perspective, when you say looking for a good leader, I mean, what do you typically, you know, especially seeing we're kind of surrounding this with a recruitment, uh, this episode, what, what do you really look for? What, what is a great leader? How do you identify these kinds of things? Wow. After so many years of talking to thousands and thousands of people, you know, being guests of being, uh, actually my, my personal and professional models, I've learned so much. I mean, HR department nowadays, they have this uh, power of knowledge, you know, that they can truly identify, you know, what what a great leader looks like Mm -hmm. because they have the expertise. But guess what? (laughs) Most of the time uh, when uh, when you recruit managers for, you know, let's say even general general manager Mm -hmm. level, what happened? You know, you have this... this, uh, job uh, or career page of, uh, of a company where everybody apply for the job. Mm-hmm. So you get all the CVs into, into one bucket. Mm-hmm. Then there is an artificial intelligence application that, that filters certain good-looking CVs. Mm-hmm. So you actually don't know what you're getting because it's only an artificial intelligence app software who is uh, filtering those CVs that they look good just on paper, you know, sure. but they don't know if, if they're really good leaders or not. And then eventually the selection of, uh, of CVs because of the keywords, because of the spelling and because of the pictures mm-hmm. in the right place and because it's a word, is not a PDF, mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, this ma- machine learning will, will give this a bunch of CVs, maybe 10, 15 CVs 
out of uh, 200, mm -hmm. will give them to the HR department. Mm -hmm. But guess what? In the HR department, more often than not, is a junior HR clerk mm -hmm. filtering further the CV instead of being actually a senior HR person mm -hmm. filtering through the CV. So the junior clerk or maybe a trainee or maybe an industry trainee from hotel school, as good as they can be, they really don't have the experience to know. Maybe sometimes they don't even know the brand, you know, yeah. which is a luxury or non-luxury, is it all-inclusive or, mm -hmm. or is a, you know, whatever, a touristic, uh, uh, touristic um, hotel. How can we take this risk to, to do this process of uh, getting the right application in front of the recruiter, whether it's mm -hmm. going to be the HR director of the company or, or is the regional vice president. Mm -hmm. You know, these are the risks. Right. And then, of course, then you end up with uh, average leaders. Sometimes you can get some great one and, uh, and often you get a poor one because obviously the process is not done in the correct way, mm -hmm. in my opinion. Mm -hmm. I've seen this firsthand myself mm -hmm. several occasions. So what is a great leader? To answer your question, a great leader is somebody obviously that has experience because uh, you acquire certain skills through experience. You know, mm -hmm. you cannot do this in a school. You cannot right. do this by reading a few articles or a few books. Mm -hmm. You really need to work, walk the, the talk, you know, and right. you really need to get through certain tough times. And, and, and often we, we see a senior leader, when I say senior in terms of age, you know, the over 40, or over 50 mm -hmm. are, are too old. But, you know, guess what? You know, older people, they've been through a lot more than yeah. a 30 years old uh, yeah. young manager, you know, whether they like it or not. Yeah. So, yes, the younger manager probably has more energy, mm -hmm. but the older manager will need to work uh, less in time to probably achieve the same uh, job scope. The second, the second skill that I think is, uh, is necessary is a, a great leader should be able to influence other people. And... and uh, this influence power is needs to be channeled in a in a way that is positive, is meaningful, and and is aligned with the values of the company mm -hmm. and the, the the staff that work for for that very same company. Mm -hmm. It's a great communicator, you know, not just uh, speaking and talking to others, but also uh, receiving the communication, listening. And, um, and a great leader, finally, is also a person that is uh, humble enough uh, mm -hmm. to admit uh, when uh, he or she made a mistake. Mm -hmm. um, you know, some, sometimes leaders, they tend to blame others for mm -hmm. their failure. Um, that's also another sign of weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And I, I personally have made a decision not to work for certain leaders that they blame others because certain things didn't work. Right. So um, lead by that's example. My yeah, no, I, I got to say, I, I agree with every one of those. And I can tell you, in my professional career, I've left places because of that, uh, you know, the not leading by example. So if you're going to put together a good team, good business, you know, it's always about leading uh, and uh, using your example to show others uh, how things are done. So, uh, you know, Rocco, we've, we've known each other for now a couple of years. And when we first met, you were working... Uh, at uh, this beautiful resort. And it's probably one of the nicer ones 
that I've seen uh, mm-hmm. across the globe. So maybe we can shift a little bit to luxury hotels. Um, cause I know right. you have a lot of experience in this in luxury travel in general. Um, of course now they're still in high demand, but you know, I, I see a lot of lux here and a lot of lux here and everybody's going into luxury, but what's your definition of luxury? And, and do you think guests will continue to raise a bar, uh, in the luxury sector? Totally. Um, I think that what it, what it is happening right now, and I see this as a, as a very visible, at least in the, in the news and social media, that mm-hmm. uh, luxury travel is, uh, is the first that is recovering fast and is the first that people are looking for. Meaning that, you know, these two years of frustration and enclosure, isolation, actually is putting people I am first. I don't care. I don't care how much it's going to cost me. I'm going to pay. I'm going to save. Actually, they've been saving for two years without traveling. So really now they have more money. So definitely they can afford more uh, and better travel, better uh, quality travel. Mm. So this is a fact. Also, from from an announcement and press point of view, I can see more and more luxury hotel openings sprouting up around the world. Mm. And even Mexico, you know, I can see boutique hotels, but you know, well above the, you know, the $50 a night, $40 a night. They just want to charge more and they give more, you know, mm-hmm. but at the same time, they're seeing this, they're perceiving that even, even a person with an average salary will save to, to splash, to splurge on this uh, mm-hmm. anniversary or, or, sure. or, you know, milestone birthday, whatever, you know, but that, that at least once in their lifetime, even if they cannot really afford it, mm-hmm. they will do this a big, big trip of their lifetime. Oh, 100%. And um, second is also the, the experience. So, you know, the, the big beds and, uh, you know, the gold plated uh, 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 chinaware and, uh, and cutlery, these, these days are over, in mm-hmm. my opinion. I mm-hmm. think that luxury is not just this. Right. You know, there might be a little bit of uh, uh, traditional luxury still, you know, for a, for a little bit longer. But I, I can foresee that, you know, as soon as my generation, I'm talking about, you know, I'm, I'm 51 now, or, you know, as soon as my generation will start to fade mm. um, or disappear completely from, <laughs> from the earth. <laughs> I hope you know, not for a while yet. Old and, <laughs> yeah, and we cannot, we, we, we become extinct. Oh. <laughs> you know, I think that that kind of a traditional yeah. luxury will, will disappear. You know, mm. now the younger generation, they don't need that. They don't need this gold plated and bling. Mm and bling luxury you know mm-hmm. as a matter of fact for example even as we speak luxury in tulum for example which is a, a one of the uh, the the more uh, happening place in mexico at the moment mm-hmm. you know they pay a thousand dollars a night to sleep in a tent a thousand dollars a night to sleep in a tent just because the atmosphere the the the, the crowd and the music and the parties and whatever and they spend so much money i mean it's unbelievable uh, how much money one person can pay for for a night in a tent, and it's just a tent. You know, mm-hmm. they, they need to go <laughs> shower outdoor and yeah. and you know, in share toilet with somebody else, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, you know, this this is the, the luxury is definitely changing. Mm-hmm. Luxury, I I define I define luxury in space. Mm-hmm. You know, how much space I have for myself. You know, and how how rare is the experience that right. I can have in this place or or, or elsewhere. And, um, and definitely it's not a, a matter of uh, mm-hmm. how much it costs, it's how much I can get out of it. You know, how, much, 
how much will I gain or uh, learn from this experience? Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter how much it's going to cost me. It's uh, really was a was a was a learning experience for me. Will I bring something in my life that is going to change my life as well? Mm-hmm. And that's that's where it comes into the wellness aspect. You know, wellness is not just about getting a massage. Mm-hmm. Wellness is also about learning about something yourself, uh, learning about. Uh, you know, the environment that you live, the culture and the community that you are in. Mm-hmm. And, um, and very often also, you know, give back. So instead of going to, to a, a country, for example, you know, if you come to Mexico, people should not expect to buy a, a, a bottle of French Bordeaux wine. You know, why would you do that? Yeah. Come to Mexico, drink, drink Mexican wine. Mm-hmm. They might not be as great and as famous as the Bordeaux French wine, but they are great. And you help, uh, um, uh, um, you, you help grow a local economy, you mm-hmm. know, instead of uh, promoting wine from another country, yeah. you know, when you, when you are in a country where you, you can drink the local wine. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Mexico is also even more famous for tequila and, and, and mezcal than wine. Mm-hmm. But actually the wine, the wine industry is growing exponentially in Mexico. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like, I like the point that you make uh, about luxury, not clinging to uh, what, you know, people think is cliche and luxury, the gold plated, uh, you know, uh, dishes and things like this, but more about what luxury means now. And it's, providing a unique experience that, like you said, uh, not a lot of people are going to have. So uh, the definition of luxury is is shifting, I believe, uh, as you mentioned. And I think uh, if hotel A's want to get into the luxury side of it, you know, more of thinking on that sense of experience, you know, what's a unique experience and thing that you can give a once in a lifetime kind of thing to. Um, you know, I, I think we can continue going uh, for another few hours, but this is why I always get you back on <laughs> Rocco so we can talk to, uh, to talk about another topic. Uh, so I have one final question for you. Going back to the topic of recruitment and hospitality and you as a professional with lots of experience, uh, like you said, you're 51, you've been uh, in the industry for a while and you've worked in so many different levels. What advice would you give to, you know, our young and uh, ambitious hotelers of today uh, what tips would you offer uh, so they can achieve, you know, on the level of what you have achieved? You know, Christian, my son actually uh, has chosen to study uh, hospitality management. So mm-hmm. he's, as we speak, is now in Holland, uh, uh, furthering his uh, education and preparing himself to get into hospitality. So I'm very happy, obviously, and this makes me uh, joyous. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say this. Uh, to my son, as I would say this to any any other young uh, aspiring uh, um, hospitality professionals, when you enter when you enter the 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 working life, okay, the, actually before you enter the working life, you need to start to grow your network. Mm-hmm. You need to start to get in connection with people that they can can eventually make a change in your career. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there's no point. I mean, we work in the hospitality exactly for this reason because we like to meet people so when you meet people well meet them but meet them meaningfully you know not just to say hi and shake hands and that's it you know build that relationship over a period of time you know don't leave it just at the point of 
oh well i may i met this guy and but you don't know where he is now you don't have his contact email or telephone number and you don't from time to time actually reconnect again to build that trust mm-hmm. now by doing so you you build a a reputation mm-hmm. on yourself and building a reputation is both offline i mean meaning that you know in person in person meeting but also online you know social media today are so powerful mm. and uh, and when i speak to people I, i i tell them you know how much time you spend on facebook well i spend like two or three hours a day mm. how much time you spend on linkedin uh, maybe five minutes right okay then you answer your question mm-hmm. <laughs> if you spend three hours on facebook or instagram or other other social media and you don't spend enough time on your professional right. networking Well, that's it. that's the answer to your question. Mm-hmm. That's why you don't get jobs because you need to build your reputation offline, in person, so in front of your people, so walk the talk and and yeah. lead by example. Mm-hmm. But you also need to manage online, where where you can have an, an impact on thousands, in, if not millions, of people that that that, fo- that follow you. Hundred percent agree with you. Any other tips for our young hotelies? Yeah, one last tip is to keep learning. You know, if if people if people think okay, I, I've gone to a Colotelier de Lausanne, for example, and I'm studying the best university in hospitality in the world, and I'm done. Mm. Well, if if they think so, then they are so wrong because you need to continue to learn every single day. I invest two three hours a day to learn what's happening around the world to actually mm. and have a, a great grasp. Mm-hmm on what's happening in you know in Japan in Asia in Singapore you know Kong in China in India you know Europe of course the Americas Caribbean you know why do I why do I do that I do that because uh, helping to understand what's happening around I can anticipate or I can uh, I can make the path for my future sure. so for example you know coming to Mexico was not coincidence mm. You know, I've been studying the 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 patterns of of uh, of investment in hospitality mm-hmm. since since I began working in the industry. You know, I was in the Middle East at the right time. I was in Asia at the right time. Mm-hmm. I was um, in the Indian Ocean at the right time. I was in the Americas now in the right time. Mm-hmm. You know, I never lo- lo- lost. I, I never lost an opportunity to mm-hmm. understand what can be next. Mm-hmm. You know. And I keep doing that by studying what's happening around. If you are able to predict nearly your future, mm-hmm. then you're in business because you know, okay, I finish, I finish a few years here. Next, I'm going there. So you you can plan your career very, very, very easy, in a way. Brilliant. I I hope our listeners have been taking notes both on those who are looking to get into uh, the hospitality business, but also those who've been in for a while. The world is changing. Rocco, um, I, w- I want to say again, thanks for joining uh, the IME Hotel program uh, and multiple times. And I look forward to uh, getting you to join another event down the road. So we'll see where you end up. And then hopefully uh, one day you can join one of our in-person events. So Rocco, thanks again so much for your time. If people are interested in getting hold of you, where can they do so? Well, they can follow me on LinkedIn or on Instagram or Facebook. I'm more active, obviously, much more active on LinkedIn. That's where I, I spend uh, most of my social media time. And I think it's a great uh, platform for to get together. Mm-hmm. 
as a community and also to share, to share knowledge. You know, that's, uh, that's the most important. hundred percent. So, uh, thanks Rocco for joining today. And, uh, again, I appreciate all your insights every time. The pleasure is mine, Christian. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening. Cool. I think we'll wrap it up here for today. So to all our listeners, thank you for joining. We have another great episode planned for you. So watch this space. Remember to stay up to date with all our events by signing up to the I Meet Hotel mailing list and visiting us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Or hey, you can go old school. Email us at info at imeethotel.com. So today we talked, we questioned, we learned, and most importantly, we hope we gave you something to think about. Also, if there's anything you want us to cover in future episodes, we've got a podcast team that's eager to dive into some weird and interesting research topics. So get in touch with us and let us know if there's anything you want to know about hospitality. The I Meet Hotel podcast is a production from I Meet Hotel and Bidroom, the first subscription-based online travel community. Visit bidroom.com to learn more.